Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, Golden Eagle fans across the great state of Mississippi, coast to coast, border to border. It is time for this December 28th edition of the Eagle Hour. I'm Kelly Sander of the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And in Laurel, the star of stage, screen, and post office walls, Luke Johnson, joins us. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Dickie's barbecued locally, but loved worldwide. Just in time for that uh, New Year's Eve get-together, or just prior to a Southern Miss football game or a basketball game now that might be on TV, Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Leave the, the cooking to them. You can drive through. You can pick up now in, in the restaurant, which is right there next to uh, the mall in Hattiesburg, on Cross Creek Parkway. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud to support the Eagle Hour, and we're glad to have them along. Luke, Happy New Year. As we call you in Mike's side, one of the topics of discussion that we will be talking with Benji Barham with, our guest who will be joining us in just a moment, former Southern Miss mascot, was there in that crazy uniform from 1984 to 1988. Well, I mean, you know, when he was at sporting events. He did go, you know, in regular clothes to classes and so on. But the Conference USA Bowl results, Luke, have been anything but stellar. In fact, a big, fat goose egg. Not one Conference USA team that played in a bowl won. As we welcome you in, Luke, what's going on? Well, hope you had a good Christmas, Kelly. We had a, a good weekend. Glad to uh, start another week of the Eagle Hour. Yeah, it's it was a rough bowl season for Conference USA. 0-6. Uh, 0-1 against MAC teams. 0-1 against the, the American uh, Conference. But the the big one, and, and the tables have turned now. Uh, the Sun Belt is a much stronger conference than Conference USA. Conference USA 0-4 against the Sun Belt. Just to recap, on December 21st, Appalachian State beat North Texas. 56-28 to 28 in the Myrtle Beach Bowl on December 23rd. The New Orleans Bowl, Georgia Southern, blew out Louisiana Tech 38-3. Uh, and then uh, same day, Memphis defeated Florida Atlantic 25-10. to 10. Christmas Day, Buffalo from the MAC beats Marshall 17-10. to 10. Uh, December 26th, uh, Louisiana defeated UTSA 31-24. And then Georgia State beat Western Kentucky 39-21. 0-6, but uh, the, the, the big news for me, 0-4 against the Sun Belt. Uh, all the teams together, the Conference USA lost each game by an average of about 18 points. So uh, just, just abysmal bowl showing from Conference USA. And when you look at, when you look at people who would compare the Sun Belt and Conference USA maybe five to ten years ago, Clearly then, everybody thought that Conference USA was the stronger conference. All right, now, out of your own words, Luke Johnson, the Sun Belt, uh, as evidenced by the performance on the field, better, at least in football, than Conference USA. So if, Sun, if the Sun Belt has gotten better, that would mean that Conference USA has gotten worse. Or has the Sun Belt 
improved that much? And if they have, why? And part of that goes to leadership in the conference. It has to. From the commissioner on down. And joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline from his home in the Jackson area is Benji Barham, who few families like the Barhams have been as invested in Southern Miss. Benji was there from 84 to 88. We mentioned he was one of the first uh, Seymour mascots on campus. And two of his sons have also come to Southern Miss, one of them on the current uh, football team. So as we welcome you, Benji, I know that this has been an ongoing thread of conversation for a lot of Southern Miss fans is the the perceived weakness of Conference USA starting at the top with Conference Commissioner Judy McLeod. Your thoughts as we begin this conversation. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you uh, calling me Kelly and just, you know, having me in as, a, as kind of a, a fan guest. Um, you know, obviously a longtime supporter, uh, observer of, of all things Southern Miss and, and particularly uh, athletics uh, for the Golden Eagles. And yeah, it's it's uh, you know it, it's a it's been a weird year. I mean, you got you got to kind of put a, a little bit of context, obviously, into uh, the discussion with COVID and you know uh, you know opt outs and and people in transfer portals and you know injuries at, uh, with teams and all. But you know, all in all, everybody has had to deal with that. So you know, zero six is, is obviously not acceptable uh, anyway. You, anyway, you look at it. Um, I, I will say I wish UAB could have ended up playing in their bowl game. They, they've got, you know, got a strong team, good program, good coach, and I hate it for them that they didn't get to play in one uh, that they were uh, that they should have obviously as uh, a champion of, of Conference USA been playing in. But um, with that being said, you know the disappointment from the leadership level at the conference level um, is has been. In, in somewhat of a downward trend, uh, if not a spiral, um, since uh, really since Mike Slav left, in my opinion. Um, uh, Britton uh, uh, Benikowski, you know, was elevated there, um, stayed, what, a period of eight to ten years uh, after Slav It really uh, helped form the, the conference. Uh, had grown it, um, had a lot of really positive things going. Obviously, it was positive enough to where the SEC thought things were great in Conference USA and hired Slav away from us. And uh, and then we kind of have, have settled uh, for less than stellar uh, since then, and, and certainly with uh, the appointment of, of Judy McLeod uh, after uh, uh, Britain left um, several years ago now. Uh, it just has uh, not gotten any 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 better. Um, Benji, if I could, if, if I could, or initiatives. Yeah, let me ask you. Part of your problem with, uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but but part of the problem I understand is your perceived uh, lack of vision that Judy McLeod has for the conference. That she really hasn't said what her vision for the conference is or where it's going. Sure. I mean, it's kind of like uh, with any uh, organization, whether it's a nonprofit, a business, a university, or an athletic program, uh, you've got to have a person with a vision. Uh, uh, you've got to have a person with a plan of action. And I have yet to see a vision uh, put out there on in any fashion. Uh, I have yet to see um, any uh, formal, formal plan uh, that that the conference uh, uh, could buy into conference leaderships 
uh, leadership around the country, uh, presidents of the universities, the LEDs and such. Uh, and you just you, know, you get a feeling that it's just Yeah, Benji, and if you can somehow with your phone, we're, we're losing you in and out. You're getting real muffled. Okay. So if you can't, yeah, that, okay. that's much better. Is that better? Okay. Yeah. Before, before, I, before I throw it to Luke Johnson, then Benji Barm, the obvious answer would be we'll replace Judy McLeod. But, but you feel like uh, Judy has some of those schools under their thumb and, the, and that some of the schools uh, would lack the foresight and vision. It's kind of whatever Judy wants, Judy's going to get uh, because you, you feel like she has maybe some of those schools under, under her thumb because those schools coming into the conference were her, was her decision. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the change in the conference over the years, um, when it all started, I would dare say the Conference USA has been uh, the most changed conference since Conference Alignment started. <laughs> Um, you know, besides the Big East, obviously, totally uh, disbanding, uh, pretty much. But, the uh, yeah, you look at the changes in our leadership, and then you look at the changes in the conference. And right now, um, it, it's basically uh, Southern Miss uh, as a lone original member, and then UAB, and then La Tech are pretty much the older members of the conference right now. Uh, maybe Middle Tennessee. Um, I forgot which generation they were brought in uh, under, but the, the number of schools now out, the number of quote new schools from the original group now out what out number the original members. So they're all happy. I mean, they they got quote a a raise in um, in, um, in in status in the college, uh, especially football, baseball, basketball world, and uh, and they seem to be kind of happy with, with whatever you might call status quo, and that is certainly not where Southern Miss and some of these other schools need nor want to be. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the old uh, political thing. I remember... Um uh, when I first moved to Mississippi, people said, well, I'm always going to vote for John Stennis in this particular case, the late Senator John Stennis, because John Stennis got my dad a job. He got my uncle a job. And, you know, that that loyalty, right, right. you know, and, and, and if I'm interpreting what you're saying correctly, a lot of the newer schools that have come into Conference USA were brought in under the leadership of Judy McLeod. So they, they want Judy McLeod to stay. They like Judy McLeod. And as long as they have a vote, she's not going anywhere. We're going to continue our discussion with uh, Benji Barm from his home in the Jackson area. Luke Johnson will rejoin us. We'll also be going to Reed Green Coliseum for a 2 o'clock tip-off basketball. Uh, the Eagles are playing this afternoon against Loyola. Jason Bailey is there, and we'll have a live report as the Eagle Hour rolls on this Monday back after these commercial messages. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, the week that we 
switch from 2020 to 2021. Glad to have you along with us on the Eagle Hour, Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Michael Mergens from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and beautiful downtown Laurel, just about 40 minutes away from tip-off in Reed Green Coliseum. Southern Miss taking on Loyola of New Orleans. Jay Ladner will be the third coach this year to uh, coach against or play against his son, son on uh, Loyola's team, and we'll talk about that coming up a little later in uh, the show. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, and all the time online at campusbookmark.net. If you're uh, getting ready to head over to Reed Green right now, swing in there to Campus Bookmark, get you uh, an extra... I don't know. Maybe they got some old rooting rags uh, left over. You can go in there and read green and, and uh, get fired up today. Uh, baseball's coming up. We're excited about that. Everything you need to cheer on the Golden Eagles, you can find at Campus Bookmark. We continue with Benji Barham. And Benji, um, before we get back in, there, there is a lot of room for criticism. I would say I would be thankful for the leadership of Conference USA. Russ Anderson comes on a lot uh, on this show. He's the assistant commissioner for football. They were bold enough to play the football season. So before we get back in, you know, to the obvious critiques, I would say, and I'm sure you would agree, we were the original six. We were in Ohio State coming in at the end. We're going to play five games and still get in the college football playoff. If they did do something well this year, it was finding a way to play the football season. Yeah, you got to give them kudos for, for coming out and, and, and being one of those first ones that uh, said, "Hey, we're we're strapping it on. We're ready to go. Um, we're gonna we're gonna battle it." You know, we may be week in, week out. We may not know who's gonna play where and when, but we're gonna try to play. And uh, and I, I definitely have to give them kudos. And and certainly, I mean, Southern Miss, I guess, would have played twelve games had it not been for. You know, the two COVID issues with UTEP and uh, at the end, UAB. So, um, yeah, I was glad to see that. We found, you know, found a couple of games. And, uh, you know, from that standpoint, it worked out well. I, I, I don't know um, the, the football uh, assistant commissioner uh, per se, but uh, kudos to them for, for getting that done. The, the question that always comes up now with the new conference USA, Benji, is you were talking about you know the different waves of the teams that have come in. Right now, of the 14 members, UAB and Southern Miss joined the conference in 95. My senior year in 2005, the new wave uh, came in. Rice, UTEP, and Marshall still left uh, uh, of, of those. And then in 2013, most of the, the brand-new schools, and then 14, Western Kentucky. In right. a... In a COVID world, Benji, how sustainable is Conference USA going forward? Do you think? Well, you know, obviously, you, you know, no one, including this is most of the G fives uh, and, and some of the lower power five schools, in my opinion. I um, mean, you saw throughout the year the numbers that were thrown out there. You know, um, you know. 40 million, I mean, 30 million, 60 million uh, drop in revenue uh, from schools like, uh, you know, um, Florida. Um, I think uh, uh, one of the Big Ten schools, Wisconsin, right off the bat. Um, and there were a bunch of them around the country. I mean, obviously the Pac-12 and others uh, had, had major issues. And so to answer your question, I don't think anyone – is going to survive as we know it uh, if COVID-type conditions continue. Now, certainly we don't think that's going to happen. Uh, we, you know, 
I would think hopefully by the spring we're going to be in a situation where we're going to be back to allowing people, especially to outdoor events, uh, pretty much as normal, um, you know, with vaccinations and everything else going on. So, uh, but the point being cash flow and the lack thereof and, and cash in hand is the big issue with um, most universities and schools, and certainly the G5 are all in that category. Um, so I don't think Conference USA, as it is uh, positioned right now, could last very long at all without you know getting back to normal and having you know butts in the seat, so to speak, and uh, at all your major um, sporting events. So um, that's where leadership has been, in my estimation, lacking over the last ten plus years, uh, really about 15 years, I guess, um, in that we don't, we don't really have the, the television revenue, we don't have the bowl revenue, and we don't have the, and we have huge expenses. I mean, when you're flying the softball team, and nothing against the softball team, or the volleyball team, or even a basketball team, to UTEP, or Old Dominion, or to, uh, to, to Miami, um, you know, that is ridiculous. And I think it has become apparent that you have to cut expenses if you're not going to raise revenue. And the only way to do that is to form a more regionalized uh, uh, conference that makes, you know, it makes dollars and cents and it makes common sense. Well, one of and, the, one uh, of the things, Benji, that you had talked about, you com- you, you t- talked about the SEC, and we normally don't like talking about that conference on this show, but it is a good example in that e- mm-hmm. as much money as the SEC schools have, they're yeah. all very close together on the map, so they could theoretically drive back and forth to where to wherever they are because they're just geographically so close in proximity. Sure, I mean if you look at you know. Um I mean, the Southeastern Conference, it's a regional conference. That's what that means. Um, and they could, you know, they could literally, in most sense, uh, most situations, drive even from a Gainesville, you know, obviously to an Athens, or a uh, Athens to Knoxville, or a Birmingham uh, or you know, Tuscaloosa over to Starkville. I mean, they're right there. And, and so we have got to, as a G5 school and, and certainly as a conference and all the G5s, it's just, it makes sense that they get together and reformulate among themselves. Even if you're dealing with the same, you know, 64, 68 schools in the G5. And they've got to start thinking along those lines and, uh, whether it's, you know, geographically, rivalries, um, just what makes sense, you know, academic institutions that are that are common, uh, whatever the other criteria, you know, might be. And uh, that's why some of the, the, the people, uh, you know, you hear people saying, oh, well, well I wish we played, you know, Memphis and, and, and Louisiana and um, uh, Tulane and, and some of these other schools that we used to play all the time. Well, the reason it made sense was because they were right there. Our fans could travel. Their fans could travel. And it just made it physical sense and common sense. It it really did, and I can test to that. I mean, you know, there was times most we we took 
Uh, let's see. Of our six road games every year, we probably took three flights because we would we even we would bust to Memphis. You know that that's what right, we would do, right. and they would come down here. And I just don't, Benji. The problem is, I just don't see the Sun Belt right now because they're on the rise. I don't see them doing anything to shake it up. And the the lower level teams in the Sun Belt surely are not going to you know get kicked out or give up their space to Louisiana Tech or a Southern Miss. And it's just it's just kind of we're stuck here, and and we've been stuck here. And I'm not sure I know the answer to it. Well, yeah, it's going to take more than Conference USA trying to do something. I mean, I think we're that we're far enough down the road or down the river, wherever you want to say now, um, in these these conference realignments and adjustments to where you've got pretty much a, a finite amount of, of a number of schools, and like you said. Um, some conferences are doing a little bit better than others. Um, I mean, American, uh, which gets, you know, we get compared to a lot and people talk about that. Um, you know, they're doing certain things in, in, in a different stratosphere. Um, they've got a lot of commonality to, to the other G5s. I mean, they are not a power, quote, power six, uh, conference. I mean, they don't have the TV revenue. They don't have all the bowl tie-ins. I mean, they, they're, you know, and we've seen that. You know, we've seen that even with the Central Florida or Memphis or some of these other schools that have been ranked um, over the last what five years or so. Um, it, it's been proven already; those people are not going to break that glass ceiling um, anytime soon. So, I think they they need to um, realize that they could help themselves by. Um, and, and, and it could be, you know, if you think about it, it could be that the G5 become the G4. And there may be some conferences that need to go away, and those schools get divvied up within the other uh, conferences that make uh, that, that geographic and, and economic sense um, sure. to, uh, to, to, make, to go forward long-term. You were talking about long-term uh, possibilities. I think that's... That's where we've got to look. If you're really looking for a 5, 10, 15-year plan for the G5 conferences, something's going to have to give because I don't know how much more ESPN money is going to come out. I don't know how much more money bowls are going to produce. I mean, there's a lot of questions in the air right there. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking, too, Luke. You know, how bad does it have to get before something does, you know, before the house of cards starts to fall? Yeah, it's it's already tough like it is. Benji, thanks for your time today, man. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Yeah, enjoy it, guys. Happy New Year to you guys. And uh, we look forward to uh, a great basketball season. And, and like you said, baseball coming up. And I tell you, I'm excited. People are really excited about the leadership at the university. Um, you know, I think Jeremy's done a great job. Excited about Will Hall. And, and we're going to do some great things at Southern Miss. Uh, no question. 2021 is going to be a good year for Southern Miss athletics. All right, man. And, uh, I hope everybody gets on board and, and stays on board. Thanks a so lot. Have a great new year. To the top. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour continues with our third segment brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Chicken Parmesan today. And you missed it. And it was only $8.95. And that came with a drink. 
to get done with the basketball game coming up in about 20 minutes when you, uh, man, go some post game. Go see our friends at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Monday night football tonight, Bills and the Patriots. Uh, they got bowl games starting tomorrow night. Uh, a lot of uh, stuff always going on at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Golden Eagles men basketball team set to take on Loyola of New Orleans here. Uh, like I said, in about 22 minutes, tip off at Regreen Coliseum. Golden Eagles 3-3 three and three on the year. Loyola, a perfect 4-0, and oh, but they have not played since, uh, I guess, n- uh, November the 21st when they had a victory over William Carey had a few games canceled. Uh, the Golden Eagles trying to tune up uh, today before they get ready to take on UTEP this weekend. Of course, Conference USA changing the schedule, playing the same team back-to-back. Southern Miss will take on UTEP 7 o'clock on New Year's Day and then on January the 2nd at 4 p.m. Golden Eagles today, Loyola, um, at the second of a four-game stand and here to uh, talk about it with us, uh, Jason Bump Bailey from To the Top Talk, live at Reed Green Coliseum. How's how's your Christmas, Jason? And what's it like at Reed Green today? Oh man, Christmas is fantastic. And I tell you what, you have my mouth watering a little bit listening to uh, listening to you guys talk about Four Street Bar. Um, I might have to hit the Four Street Bar immediately after the game. But yeah, Christmas was good. Um, you know, typical Mississippi Christmas had some. Super duper cold days and super duper flip flop wearing days, um, but the, the the atmosphere here at Reed Green is well. You know the, the crowd could be better, but you, you would expect that. But it's a two p.m. game. Most people are working. My wife's working, so my wife's son aren't even here with me today as, as normal. But um, the teams are out warming up right now. There's about sixteen minutes to go until tip off, and um, you know we'll see what kind of team the uh, Golden Eagles bring to the floor today. Yeah, it's just been one of those. It's just a repeating talking point. Chemistry, trying to find chemistry. Seems like Tay Hardy is uh, is just settling in. It looks like the probable starters today will be the the guys that started against Monroe a week ago. Denajay Harris and Tyler Stevenson down low. Tay Hardy uh, at the point, and then Drain and Pierre at the guards. Who's been the most impressive, Jason, to you? I've been impressed with Pierre. We heard, you know, he kind of got overshadowed with some of the JUCO signings, but Jay Ladner was pretty high on on Pierre coming out of New Orleans. And uh, of those five and and maybe a few more names, who's really stood out to you early in the season? Well, my favorite player since he got here has been Ladavius Green. And I think he's struggling with his shot just a little bit, kind of like he did last year. Um, and hopefully that starts to come around a little bit more because he he can he can kind of be the icing on the cake, right? The team that we have is, is strong defensively, and they're able to run a little bit longer than we've been in quite some time. But uh, as far as the newcomers go, you know, uh, Pierre Pierre has the ability to be the best player on the basketball floor um, on night in and night out, and we've seen that a couple times this year. But as far as that chemistry goes. Every game, uh, it, it seems like the Golden Eagles are getting a little bit more familiar with each other. I mean, keep in mind, everybody on the team is going to be alpha, right? Whether it's junior college, right. high school, or whatever. They have nine newcomers on the team. Uh, I think it's clear to me that they fought in. But trying to figure out, you know, where does the ball go at such time? Uh, you know, should I take this shot instead of maybe shifting it to the other guy? And there's been some, te- some hesitancy in my opinion, on, on shot selection. And I think it's led to you know, 
poor shooting performances thus far. So I, I think we have good players, but um, shooting has not been our strongest suit so far this season. It hadn't. Kelly Sander, um, a guy that you uh, followed in junior college, stay hardy. We were talking about him during the break, uh, really coming on and, and looking like he uh, is, is is going to be what we thought he would be. Yeah, when you look at uh, statistics, I mean, there's all over social media the fact that he's one of 22 players that, uh, you know, in assists has never, has never created a turnover. Uh, free throw shooting has been, you know, terrific. He's everything that, that you thought he would be. But, but uh, Jason Bailey, who's there live at Reed Green Coliseum. Bump, I was, you know, I was a little bit taken back when I saw the Conference USA preseason polls. Very few other teams in the league, uh, at least on paper, had a lot of respect for Southern Miss. I, I just really think, um, and look, if, if, if I thought that the Eagles were getting too much credit, I would say that as well. But I just, I find it hard to believe that this is a second-to-last or last-place team in the conference. What do you think? Sure thing. And it's hard for me to take off my homer hat. <laughs> but uh, if, if I was not a homer, if I was one of those outsiders, say a guy from, I don't know, Western Kentucky or Middle, um, and, and I was looking at the roster, I would say, well, you guys weren't very good last year. You don't even have those guys back, right? So... Uh, and, and arguably your best player from last year transferred to line So I get it. And from where I sit, I kind of think that Southern Miss usually uh, does a little bit better, uh, kind of thrives on being the underdog. <laughs> being picked that low was a bit of an insult to, to me and to you since we, we, we love going to these games so much about the team. But I get it. And I think it, uh, I think that it, it gives us something to prove. So I, I kind of like that in a way. What do you think? What, having the having the chip on your shoulder, ready to to prove right. people wrong. Oh, oh yeah, sure. for for sure, it's it's good uh, bulletin board material. But I, I still just uh, with you know the point that you made about the those guys are gone. Well, that would be any even the more reason for me to move Southern Miss up in the standings is the fact that those guys um, are gone. And of course, it all it all has to be played out. And you're going to find out real soon how good the Eagles are because the miners. Of UTEP, and God bless them because it's been a rough road for them in football for a long time, uh, and even even in football or in basketball the past five or six years. But uh, the Miners have got a lot of guys coming back, and I think you're going to find out real soon, you know, where Southern Miss does size up, at least with the, some of the higher upper echelon teams, you know, the Western Kentuckys and the UABs and the uh, and the UTEPs of the world. So it'll be interesting to see this weekend. I think. Sure, and and like we uh, I kind of mentioned earlier, but. Southern Miss does a lot of things well on the uh, basketball court, but, but you know, shooting is just is just not one of them. It's not that we aren't getting open shots. Uh, it's not that we don't have good players to shoot the ball when we get those open shots. They're just not going in. So, are we snake fit? Do we just not have that great of a shooting team? Uh, have they got to find a way to mesh and to get that chemistry going? Uh, I think the answer is yes to all of those. It's probably some sort of comp- uh, combination. Um, of all three of those things in order to get better. But, you know, I would feel a lot worse about it if I didn't see effort and if I didn't see buy-in yeah. on the on the court. And I see both of those things every time. Um, all you can do as a coach is expect, you know, that kind of effort. And then if your scheme produces an open shot, you just kind of expect it to go in more times than not. <laughs> and unfortunately for the Golden Eagles, hasn't done that yet this year. But, too, guys. I mean, you know, this is a this is the COVID year. This is the year where practices are all, you know, messed up as far as timing and everything. So, uh, of all years to try to build chemistry with nine brand new players, this is probably the toughest year to be able to do that. 
But if there's anybody that can do it, I think Jay Ladner can get it done. Yeah, and, and you talk about Jay Ladner, interesting dynamic today, Jason. Um, his son Luke is a sophomore guard for Loyola, and uh, you know, I just it, it's got to be you know fun uh, mixture of emotions for for Jay watching his son. But you know, as soon as uh, the whistle blows, he'll be wondering how he can shut down his son and the rest of Loyola. I mean, is this, is this we're just viewing this as a tune-up game today? I mean, defensively, Golden Eagles been playing pretty well, but they're just trying to clean up some stuff before conference play. Sure thing. And I don't know how in the world I would react if my uh, my son was on the other team. Uh, you want to see him. You want to get him out there. Uh, I mean, how, do you give a little fist pump if, uh, <laughs> if, if Luke hits a three? Um, I guess you would hope that he hits a three when they were down 25 or so. But uh, <laughs> it's got to be fun for him to do that. Um, I, you know, I can't say that I... And even able to put myself in that uh, in, in those shoes, but but yeah, it's going to be cool for him, man. It's going to be cool. Um, and hey, by the way, you know, as, as we speak right now, they've just dimmed all the lights instantly at Reed Green Coliseum. Uh, please tell me they paid the power and bill. If, if anybody hasn't been here this year, <laughs> this lighting situation is just out of this world. Um, it's, it's pretty an good. Upgrade man. That, the, that the Coliseum needed for F, uh, and it's. Um, it's it's a sight to see, I tell you. Well, I know the guy you're with is we afraid appreciate of the dark. Your, so. uh... <laughs> yeah, for real. Bunt, we appreciate your time, man, as they get ready to do um, uh, starting lineups today in, in the greenhouse. Cheer for us, and thanks for being on the Eagle Hour today. All right, guys. To the top. To the top. That's Jason Bunt Bailey from To the Top Talk uh, as he is uh, getting ready to take in Southern Miss against Loyola. Coming up in about 12 minutes, and, and Kelly, like Bump said, uh, man, it's it's amazing. It just looks like a brand-new arena. And I think one small thing they did that you that opens it up, they moved the banners back. The banners aren't actually covering the seats now from the top. They're moved out to the wall, and it really, really opens up Reed Green. And that new floor, it's a, it really is pretty if you get a chance uh, if you get a chance to see it. But there's nothing like being there in person. One of the things that we always talk about on this show is how soft America has become. Even the athletes, and one of the very best in the National Football League, kind of got onto his own teammates yesterday after a loss. You have to hear what J.J. Watt of the Houston Texans had to say after their loss yesterday to the Bengals. We'll have it for you when the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. This final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg on Highway 98. Just a stone's throw here from our studio in the Oak Grove area. Toyota of Hattiesburg offering zero down payment here for the end of the year. And obviously, you know the business. They want to be able to clear out the 2020s, and don't we all, to get into the 2021s. And you've got your stimulus check coming. You might have an income tax return that you're anticipating. No better way to do it and make sure that the second biggest investment you'll ever make besides your home is your automobile. So you want to make sure it's quality, and that's Toyota of Hattiesburg's middle name. You can find them on the web, Toyota Hattiesburg, or... You can use the telephone. You 
don't dial it. These kids aren't going to know how to dial it. But 601-544-9630, 544-9630, our friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg. Well, it's good to know that some people do take their jobs seriously, including when you're a highly paid National Football League player. The Houston Texans yesterday were at home hosting the Cincinnati Bengals, who had lost 18 games in a row on the road. Well, Cincinnati went into Houston yesterday and beat the Texans for the Bengals' second win in a row. And after that game, J.J. Watt, the outstanding defensive player for the Texans, really wanted to talk more about his teammates necessarily than about the game. And you talk about laying it on the line and speaking from the heart. Here's what J.J. Watt had to say about not only some of his you teammates. You come in and put working in the building, go out to the practice field and work hard, do your lifts and do what you're supposed to do. You should not be here. This is a job. We're getting paid a whole lot of money. There are a lot of people that watch us and invest their time and their money into buying our jerseys and buying a whole bunch of And they care about it. They care every single week. We're in week 16, and we're at 4 and 11, and there's fans that watch this game, that show up to the stadium, that put in time and energy and effort and care about this. So if you can't go out there and you can't work out, you can't show up on time, you can't practice, you can't want to go out there and win, you shouldn't be here. Because this is a privilege. It's the greatest job in the world. You get to go out and play a game. And if you can't care enough, even in week 17, even when you're trash, when you're 4 and 11, if you can't care enough to go out there and give everything you've got and try your hardest, that's bullshit. So that's how. I just, I think it's, that's, there are people every week that still tweet you, that still come up to you and say, hey, we're still rooting for you. We're still behind you. They have no reason whatsoever to. We stink. But they care and they still want to win and they still want you to be great. That's why. Those people aren't getting paid. We're getting paid handsomely. That's why. And that's, That's who I feel the most bad for is our fans and the people who care so deeply in this city and the people who love it and who truly want it to be great. And it's not. And that sucks as a player to know that we're not giving them what they deserve. Luke Johnson, your thoughts. I mean, you talk about being real. That's... I mean, he's, he's got a great point. I mean, there is a certain aspect that has been forgotten in professional sports, and not among all players, but among some players, uh, with an entitlement culture, and you're getting paid millions of dollars, and, you know, you can just do your own thing. And, no, you can. I mean, the very fact that a city is behind you, um, you have, you're getting paid millions of dollars, that should put, uh, it should hold you to a higher standard. And just little things. You can basically spell out what's wrong with the Texans this year. People don't show up to practice. People don't show up to workouts. People are late to meetings. I mean, he lined it all out there, and, and I think that's uh, maybe one of the reasons why Bill O'Brien was out after uh, four games because of a culture. But I think he's exactly right. And if you're the leader of a team, um, you've got to make statements like that. I, I just you you know that J.J. Watt cares about that city. We, we saw how much money he raised for the city during Hurricane Harvey, and that's a guy who's always you know given everything he's had. And I think he's just fed up with not seeing people around him do the same. And that ties into what the top of the show was about about leadership at Conference USA. If, if you really felt as a Golden Eagle fan that the conference was doing everything it could to solidify its brand, 
to upgrade some of the bowls, to upgrade the conference, to be proactive in securing teams that might be victims of shakeups. If you really felt that way as a Southern Miss fan, then I don't think a lot of Golden Eagle fans would have a problem with Conference USA. The effort is what, is what J.J. Watt was talking about. Doing your job. And I'm just not sure that a lot of people, you know, Southern Miss fans, see that Conference USA is doing its job. And if Conference USA is doing its job, it needs to let people know that they're doing their job. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're trying. Communicate with people. Anytime any relationship goes awry, a husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, they always say, well, we we just don't communicate. We're not communicating very well. Well, if that's the case, change it. So what are you doing, Conference USA? And how bad is it going to have to get before either you change or the athletic directors and presidents of the Conference USA universities are going to say, we're changing, and with that change, Conference USA, you are out. We're leaving. Maybe that's uh, the New Year's resolution that we can get to a little later in the week. Well said, Kelly, uh, for sure. We appreciate you listening to us on the Eagle Hour. Switch over and uh, check out Southern Miss and Loyola coming up. Tip off in less than a minute. Golden Eagles looking to uh, climb to 4-3 and three as they get ready for this weekend. Tomorrow, Tamika Reed, former Southern Miss basketball player, now head coach at Jackson State, will be joining us as well as Heath Hinton. Have a great Monday. We'll catch you back tomorrow, same time, same place. And as always, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.